Welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Mike McPeak, and with us, uh, with me today is Julie Keel. Hello. Jeff Sire. Hello, everyone. And we actually have some special guests tonight. Uh, Jeff, you want to introduce them to uh, everyone? Yes, uh, I am on the road tonight and uh, on a bit of a vacation. We have gone down to see a couple of friends who are in Louisville, Kentucky, and they're the hosts of the Valentine cast, Ray, uh, Renee and Jay Valentine. Hey, 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 Jeff. I mean, you can't remember my name. You know me for how long? I'm yeah, hurt. Yeah, so yeah. hurt. <laughs> and the fact that just you're in the the room. Over, you know, doesn't doesn't say a whole lot. Well, so. I can't see you, so you're out of my mind. And- <laughs> you're not close enough to punch, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. But no, thank you so much for having us on. It's, thank um, you, really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, this but, is you know, really cool. Actually, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually have guests on here, and um, you know, and, and you know, hopefully this will be an interesting subject tonight. Because tonight we're going to not do an actual you know work of fiction like we've always done. We're going to have one of our, what we kind of call a topic show, and this one's going to be about flying cars. So I, I have an introduction here that I'll read, and then we'll kind of get on with the discussion. And this uh, this is something I found from uh, on the we- uh, website Topless Robot, but I'll start to read it. Avery Brooks, who was uh, Captain Sisko on the uh, uh, Deep Space Nine show, so it all goes back to Star Trek. I got it in first today. Uh, okay. Uh, Avery Brooks perhaps said it best in his uh, 2000 IBM commercial, It's the year 2000, but where are the flying cars? I was promised flying cars. I don't see any flying cars. Why, why, why? In some of the earliest uh, visions of the future ever dreamed, uh, dreamed up, the concept of uh, personal travel evolving from land-based to air-based is often refer- uh, referenced. Already more than a decade into the 21st century, the absence of air-based automobiles is obvious, going a glaring failure in human progress. While today's skies are not dominated by airborne Fords and Toyotas, science fiction is often presented inspiring examples of automobiles not uh, confined to asphalt. Some early examples, such as Chitty Chitty ba- Bang Bang endowed their vehicles with magical or mysterious methods of uh, attaining flight. While future flying cars seem to be more mechanical in nature, the product of human ingenuity and, uh, and invention. And this is from the uh, toplessrobot.com website. The article is called The Ten Most Badass Fictional Flying Cars of Sci-Fi. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight is flying cars. Now, are you for them or against them? <laughs> I, I, you know, this topic, I guess I might be, have been the one that proposed this topic because it seems like the, it keeps coming up. And like Avery Books said, you know, it's 2000. Where are the flying cars? And, and I don't even know where this idea came from. Where did we get this idea? that? We, I mean, first off, you have to have had cars. So the idea of flying cars has got to be less than, let's say, 100 years old. Um, and I, I, I don't know that there's this natural progression of, you know, you have a car and the next thing it will do is fly. I mean, I, I'm not even sure what advantage a flying car would have. So I, I find it curious that this is the, the standard by which we, you know, shake our fists to the winds, you know, saying, where are my flying cars? <laughs> well, I, I think one advantage to flying cars would be the interest, infrastructure costs. I mean, you wouldn't have to be building roads. Um, 
you wouldn't have to be maintaining all that stuff. You just because the, the air is free, it's there for everyone to fly through. And it'd be I, so convenient to walk from the east coast to the west coast on the wreckage of all the crashes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is that. Yeah, I think that's the big problem. It's like, no, you don't have roads, but you have everything it takes to keep order in the air. And I think that would cost even more than the the road infrastructure. You hit on the big one in my mind. I mean, we have a hard enough time trying to keep, you know, two-dimensional roads orderly and safe. Good Lord, you add the third dimension of, you know, taking the cars to the air. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, one of the reasons that this kind of popped up in my mind, too, is that to some extent – we're getting pretty close to autonomous cars, you know, the Google Drive thing where you, you jump mm-hmm. in and, you know, we're going to solve the idea of distracted driving by just stopping human driving. We'll just, you know, the cars will take us places. We can text all we want. Um, you know, so what's if if flying cars were the vision of the glorious future, you know, Really? Maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's just driverless cars where you, you just jump in, like saying you text away and do whatever you want and you don't have to be bothered with it. I, I don't I, know if I that's shifted. Flying, I think flying cars are also very much, um, or at least a lot more, a North American thing than they are a European or a worldwide thing. Like There's so much more of a car culture in North America than there is in other parts of the world. Uh, like just you know, depending on where you are in North America, public transit is viewed very suspect, and the idea that like no, no, I should be flying around myself in my own little personal flying machine, and I don't think that is as big a a dream in other parts of the world where mass transit is very much like a just a a routine day to day activity. Well, you know, for us, for like Julie and me, we're out here in the Dakotas. I mean, this is the wide open area where, you know, public transportation for us. uh, Now, Julie lives in a larger city and I don't. So public transportation is an option for her. But out here um, in a a small town, we don't have that option. So, I mean, you know, for us, uh, a vehicle was a sign of freedom that you could just jump in it and go anywhere you want, anytime you wanted. Uh, Whereas... You know, public transportation, you have to look to see what the schedule is and where the nearest, you know, pickup point is or whatever. So there was more, um, you know, thought involved in having to take public transportation. And I think, you know, especially in America here, um, you know, we have this love affair with the car. I mean, look at all the movies that was made, like American Graffiti and and all this other one that just, you know, uh, cars is part of our culture. Whereas, you know, like you know, it's like in England or whatever, or, or in Europe, they can uh, ride a bike from town to town. Here, you can't do that. I mean, unless you're like you know Lance Armstrong or something, because the nearest town may be you know fifteen to twenty miles away. Most of us aren't going to just do that. So, you know, I think the car is just inbred into our nature. And I, and the other thing is too, I think uh, a lot of us grew up watching the Jetson on, Jetsons on TV, and you know uh, George Jetson would just walk out his. Uh, window jump in his car and it would drive him to work while he could so he could work on the computer uh while he's being driven to work he didn't have to go down the elevator to the basement parking garage and drive somewhere you know i think he also um oh go ahead jj i I was going to say he also didn't dress himself either (laughs) (laughs) you know every man's dream (laughs) you know he just he just gets up and gets on the conveyor belt and goes along his way I think the Jetsons did a heck of a lot to inform our idea of flying cars, though. 
you know, the idea that, uh, well, heck, even the, in the Jetsons, the, the car folds up into a briefcase. Yeah. Um, but the idea that you just, you know, it unpacks, you crawl in, and you zoom off to, technically, if you watch the Jetsons, it had gridlock too, even in the air. You know, so, so, yeah. Um, so it wasn't like utopia either. But I think one of the things that gets wrapped up in the idea of flying cars is this idea, like monster trucks, that you can just kind of, go above the rest of the poor souls that are stuck on the pavement and can't get up into the air and, you know, get away from it all. So I, I think that's part of the appeal of a flying car is that the idea that you could rise above the the everyday gridlock that currently exists. As we all know, watch, you know, Star Wars with Corsican and even, like I say, the Jetsons with their gridlock. Um, just because you've got flying cars doesn't necessarily mean you don't have traffic jams. Yeah. What about the, uh, like, things are crazy enough for air traffic controllers now. <laughs> if you gave everybody their own flying car, like, I can just, yeah, exponential. See, that's one of the things that, that's really never talked about. When you talk about the concept of flying car, does that mean we're all pilots? Do we all have to pass that exam? Do we all have to interact with air traffic control? Do we, you know? Well, I would, I'm sorry. I, would I think so. Yeah, I can't. I can imagine a 16-year-old new driver, the havoc they could wreak if, you know, just starting out driving. And there has to be something else. The only, the only way I can see it is mass transit. It's the only – I can't see each person getting their own individual car. Um, like I was telling Jeff earlier, unless in, we, like, evolve to, like, a hive mentality, which would take, you know – millions and millions and millions of years to where we each know what the other one's going to do because like Jeff said it's like if everyone sees open space in the air what's to keep everyone from going to that open space in the air uh, so it's not so easy as you know driving back and forth you have to drive up and down back and forth there's well, it, then the threat in my uh, membership in the manhood club here, there's always the guy that says, oh, yeah, I've got enough fuel to get there. And then, you know, halfway there, you run out and it crashes. I mean, there's going to be all those kinds of things that's going to cause problems. So, yeah, it's either going to be automated or mass transit or something. I think two probably reliably work. Well, here's something to think about. We keep coming back to the same problem, and it's mainly congestion. What about flying cars on a like uh, on a Mars colony where the first colony is just setting out, that I think is is like, a potential. Like a land speeder on Tatooine? Yeah, where you can just per- – uh, like uh, a vehicle that could carry just one or two people and could fly you from place to place. Okay, if you – according to toplessrobot.com, the land speeder does not count as a flying car <laughs> because it doesn't have wheels that can actually allow it to operate on a road. But I will – you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think a flying car, wow. in my definition, is some sort of. Uh, I, I guess I, I'm I'm open to change this, but the first thing that comes to mind is a private vehicle where one or two people. You know, it's like a car. You know, three, right. four people at most, and you jump in it and you fly to wherever it is you're going. As opposed, it's not like a plane where you have to get in your car first and go to the airport and then get in your plane and yeah. go places. So it's it's basically yeah. a, a a flying vehicle that's you know parked in the front yard. Well, I think if you define a flying vehicle as one that isn't restrained by being in contact with the ground, then I think a hovercraft would uh, would fit the bill because then you don't, again, you get away from the need for having to have roads 
or bridges because hopefully it would fly across water also. Um, so then I think that would fit in the definition of a flying car. These guys were you know kind of narrow in their description, but I think a hovercraft properly would work. Yeah, it's kind of just where you're going to draw the lines. Like yeah. if you're if you're drawing the line as uh, that it's something that has to fly through the air, then it, it it doesn't fit. But if you're drawing the line as a vehicle that is unrestricted by roads, then a land speeder would fit into that. Yeah, and and we have hovercraft. I used to have a neighbor that had a hovercraft that he would, you know, set off in his front yard, and they'd use it for, he was a firefighter, they'd use it for water rescues. So mm-hmm. those things exist. I don't know anybody who'd call a hovercraft a flying car, though. Um, but the difference between the hovercraft that he had, which is, you know, essentially a big inner tube with a, an engine on it, um, versus like a land speeder to me maybe it's the distance above ground maybe it's the power source or something but uh to me that the hovercraft that my neighbor had doesn't count as a flying car but somehow the land speeder does and it's totally subjective there's not a good reason for that whatsoever well unless you uh you know the distance travel because i don't think you would want want to travel too far in a in a hovercraft like that, but a land speeder is meant to go distance, so maybe that would be a criteria that would fit into it. And I think there's the the hovercraft interacts with the ground still. You are, you know, a, on a cushion of air above the ground, whereas a, a land speeder, in my mind, is I don't know I don't know how on earth that thing levitates, but it's not necessarily tied to six inches above the ground and type of thing. Um, I I do not understand the mechanics of a land speeder. Well, wouldn't that be just more um, just because, you know, six inches above the ground? I mean, because, I mean, look at helicopters. I mean, they pretty much, from what I understand, the technology behind a helicopter is that it's, it's beating the ground, you know, with the propellers or it's beating the air. <laughs> it's pretty much what it's doing when it's flying, or at least that's how I look at it. Helicopters have two different types of flight. When they're close to the ground, then they, they receive – they're almost like a hovercraft because they're pushing onto the actual ground. Right. But then when they're up higher in the air, they're acting – that's when they're uh, – because they're technically called a, a rotary wing aircraft. Yep. So the the rotor is acting like a wing for a normal aircraft. Yep. Mm. Well, what about okay. something like a, a maglev train then that floats above the, the rails? But that's still restricted – Again, right. it depends where you're drawing your line. Right. That's restricted to its its road, right? Right. Yeah. Its path. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take it off road or anything like that. But if you, the minute you get flying cars, you have to have well, air quotes here, roads. There's got to be some sort of path. We even have that in airplanes. Uh, you know, there are flight paths there across the country. There are invisible paths that planes use. Um, that's how you keep planes from running into each other and and um they there's got to be some sort of I, I i hesitate to call it air traffic control because that narrows it down to our current system you know it, it brings to mind what we have currently you know perhaps mm-hmm. there's something completely not yet invented that manages flying car traffic but there's got to be some sort of etiquette procedure well, you know, think- paths something I think instead of having you know a central flight control, maybe it'd be more like the vehicles would have to be able to communicate with each other and let them know the proximity to one another and at what altitude that they're flying. So then the cars, either the cars themselves could avoid the collisions or they could inform the pilot so that they could inform the collisions. But I think to have like a you know 
set paths may not necessarily work and to have a centralized system for trying to control traffic if everyone started flying cars i don't think that would work either yeah i think uh so now that i'm older when i think of flying cars i even think of like a rail system Mm -hmm. up high in the air and that would be that would be interesting and i could see it you know cars would have to stay on that and it would be safer um so but i don't it's almost like we saw in um uh, was it Fahrenheit 451 we recently did that had that... Oh, that monorail Miami, thing. Yeah, the maglev monorail type thing. Yeah. You know, that almost starts... That's uh, not a flying car. It's a railroad, but it's it's up in the air like that. What was the other movie we saw? This one was quite a ways back where... Um, People were getting. It was. It was essentially gridlock. Oh Lord! Whoa! Essentially gridlock. I seem to want to say it was a Tom Cruise movie. Um, and oh, see, they're blurring together. Was the Minority Report? Nah, was well, that was the one where they had the cars going vertical, right. and, and that yeah. was. You could argue those were flying cars, but I'm seeming to remember one where they basically got stuck in in gridlock underneath the city or something and and um they were crawling from card from layer oh lord i can't remember this was too far back um but basically what i'm remembering from the what's relevant from what i'm not remembering basically is that each layer in that flying car thing had a, a different oh destination or speed you know it was essentially altitudes you know at this altitude you're going at this speed for this distance and at this altitude you're going uh that was the express lane and you were going you know farther in, in that and so again there's some sort of rules or etiquette or you know a guideline i mean i don't even know what you want to call it here mm-hmm. um that's that tells you how to operate in three-dimensional space um and, and the one thing that we are good at, we probably will always do as long as we're relative to a planet, is we will treat flying cars uh, almost as 2D, but in layers. Uh, when you get out into actual space, you start dealing with three-dimensional things where, you know, left, right, front, and back, um, you also get to add, you know, up and down, uh, which, right. you know, with flying cars, you do that too. But, you know, take your car, turn it on its nose, and then, you know, make it go backwards, um, in, in true space, you're not all pointed the same direction. Um, flying cars, where you know you might be pointed, you know, eastbound or westbound, northbound or southbound, but you're still kind of all pointed in the same plane. Um, so that that issue, I think, is as long as you're relative to a planet, and if, in my definition, at least, flying cars are planet bound. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're dealing with planes above the surface of the planet. Mm-hmm. I know. I got, I got two fun facts for you that I actually found on um, on how stuff works. So the first certified, or the one that was certified by the Civil Aeronautics Administration, which was the predecessor to Federal Aviation Administration, was the Airfibian in 1946. It had a 150 horsepower six cylinder engine and can fly 120 miles per hour and drive at 50 at 50 miles per hour. Huh. See, um, and the guy that got it was Robert Fulton, and he couldn't find a reliable financial backer for the Airfibian to continue. That's one fact. And then there's a another one called the R um, Avro car A V R O C A R. It was the first flying car designed for military use. 
and it was developed in a joint effort between Canadian and British military. Mm. It was a flying saucer-like Come on, vehicle. Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> so I found that on how on how stuff works. What That's, did you say? It was a flying saucer. Yeah, it was a flying saucer-like vehicle. What the heck? To, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> you know, maybe I. It's air- Maybe it's Area 51 technology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Area 51A. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> A, yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> the, the one thing, too, I happen to know, um, there, people are working on developing flying cars. I know that currently, today, it exists. You can buy an airplane whose wings fold up, and you can drive it into your garage. Um, you know, I talked earlier about you have, and again, it, it, it's the same problem here, but you basically have to drive your quote-unquote airplane from your garage to the airport so that you can mm-hmm. take off and fly. Um, so I, it doesn't quite fit the flying car definition as like the Jetsons would. But um, I, that vehicle exists out there. I know that. Um, so, you know, some people could argue, well, we kind of do have flying cars. It well, just costs a lot of money. It does, yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. The people who are going to be up in the air are going to be of the richer persuasion, which won't be me. Because <laughs> there's actually one called the Sky Car. Um, the initial cost for a Sky Car is $1 million. And as they're being mass produced, it'll come down to about $60,000. So. Yeah, yeah, I still won't be getting one. The price of a good pickup. Right, right. <laughs> well,. You know, since uh, uh, the name of our show is Sci-Fi Tech Talk, should we delve into some flying cars and sci-fi and kind of see where that takes us? Yeah, let's go down that list. Yeah, yeah um, I got a few here that I kind of took from that uh, the list of the ten uh, most badass flying cars. And the first one we got here is the Spinner from Blade Runner, the oh, yes. one that the cops used. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people kind of think of as their flying car, that, yeah. you know, you climb in this thing, and it'll just kind of rise up, and it gets its name because as it rises, it tends to spin. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a lot of car. Uh, one of the first cars that people might think of, of uh, when you talk about flying cars. And I think, yeah, I think so, too. And I think, you know, if if we had to try and come up with some sort of definition of flying car, our definition would would find that car meets all the criteria yeah and that's that's the one it has like a fan in each of the corners right yeah pretty I, much yeah yeah i think so but i mean if you also look at the traffic in that uh movie there that's probably one argument against flying cars is because it did look kind of wild west as they were driving around but right. that also seemed to be that the, the the flying traffic seemed to be restricted to the cops right uh, or the, flew yeah i don't remember anybody else flying did the taxis fly, or I think it was just the cops? Uh, the very rich, I think, could get cars, but yeah, the very rich and the cops. So it wasn't like you just had anybody driving down the street. Yeah. Um, and then the next one we had in our list, I threw our next one that was on that list too was um, uh, Eagle Five from Spaceballs. That God. one was just a big old <laughs> RV with wings on it. You gotta love that one. <laughs> Nothing like a Winnebago oh. in the air. I haven't seen Spaceballs in so long, but it was so good. <laughs> Such a good movie. 
And, you know, maybe that would be the ideal of a flying car that if you're going to fly, why not have it be an RV? You could then that way, you know, if it's self-driving, you're going back, you take a nap, you could fix a little supper. You just uh, do a bunch of different things. You could multitask while you're traveling. You wouldn't just be stuck in a seat staring ahead. You could uh, get stuff done. You know, honestly, there's a whole lot to what you said, because I think, you know, the way the technology is going, we're going to have autonomous cars before we have flying cars. And what you described, I fully expect to happen, where you will have, you know, like, good Lord, you can buy cars with um, integrated uh, cup holders that both heat and cool your drink. I mean, how, how close is that to a fridge, um, <laughs> you know, and a microwave in your front seat? Um, you know, the, you've got your TVs embedded in the back of your your um, you know front seat so the people in back can watch. Uh, it, we... Truly, a family vehicle these days um, is not that far off from being an RV. And you start putting, uh, you know, taking the driving responsibilities away. Oh, Lord, you, you know, expect disco balls and, and, you know, shag carpets in there next. <laughs> disco balls. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> sure. Well, but, it, you know, then you just kind of took away the last um, excuse that businessmen might have because they might say, well, I'm going to catch some sleep on the plane before they go to their meeting. Well, you know, if you got something like that, they would be having to, you know, although some of them do work on the plane, though, too. But if you had something that, that comfortable where they could, you know, maybe actually sit down and be productive, uh, there would be no excuse for them to uh, be able to take a break or anything. Well, there isn't already. And some, I mean, I hate to admit it, but I know too many people that uh, – their jobs actually require them to work from behind the wheel. Um, so, hey, bring on the autonomous cars. I think when when uh, autonomous cars like the uh, the Google car or whatever, once that gets going, I think that one of the first things that will happen is you'll see a lot of people pulled off on the side of the road because they fell asleep and they get to their destination when they're supposed to take over control of the car and the car will just, okay, well, this guy's not responding. I'm going to pull over and park. <laughs> That's true, probably. <laughs> because I, you know, most of these people that want them will want them for commuting. And first thing in the morning, if you don't have to do anything, they'll fall asleep. Yeah. Hey, I would uh, rather have that because I have missed my stop when I used to ride by bus. And that is no fun. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but you would think the autonomous car would know that the person is sleeping and then wake them up. You know, yeah. so oh, it would have like yeah, monitoring yeah. Systems tell that you're asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you you are now then, one mile from your destination. Bing, 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 bing. You know, okay, wait, <laughs> right, wait, right. wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah, Play that a are... horrible alarm sound. Yeah. Like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but effective. <laughs> or for the heavy sleepers, there could just be electrodes in the seat. That works um, too. Ejection seat. Here's your exit. Or, Boom. Or, and then, oh, you can put in the feature like they have the, on the side of the road when you start running off the highway. The yeah, the, the rumble strips. strips. The rumble strips. Yeah. It has a built-in has a rumble strip effect. You know, <laughs> jar you away. That would work. That would work. See, we have all these ideas. We can make this happen. <laughs> yeah, let's patent this stuff right away now. Just need some venture capital, and we're good, right? All right. Yeah. Well. Then the next vehicle on the list is one of my uh, favorites because I read this book a long time ago. It's the the car Gay Deceiver from the uh, book by Robert Heinlein, uh, The Number of the Beast. Uh, and basically, uh, well, the, the book itself is kind of somewhere between a, bear, a parody and an homage to science fiction that Robert Heinlein wrote. But basically, think of Gay Deceiver as kind of like a, a TARDIS on wheels. 
Um, it's uh, bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, and it travels the six dimensions of space. You got length, width, uh, depth, and then you got time, and then you've got um, uh, see, so you got tau and te. Um, and basically, that means uh, that you can travel through uh, through time as well as through space. Uh, and the theory behind this was that uh, if you could imagine a world, it would exist and you could travel to there. So they actually took this vehicle to like the, the land of Oz, uh, to uh, uh, John Carter's Mars. So they, they traveled all different kind of places. And, you know, this was a book that I read when I was in my early teens. And they say that the uh, frontal cortex doesn't develop until you're 20, and that's where good decision-making comes from. So I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and read this book and see if that was a good decision to like this book back then. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was one that was on the list. I was kind of surprised that it did make the list, but it was an interesting vehicle. It was basically a Ford, I think is what it was. But uh, the, the uh, see, uh, Dr. Um, Burroughs, or Professor Burroughs, uh, had fitted it with his uh, Continua device, and that's basically what allowed it to travel across all these axes. But, I mean, that was an interesting, you know, flying car. It could be a regular car, but then it could also travel through space and time. See, and that's pushing flying car to a, 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 a different place, too, because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, in my mind, at least, cars are, when you talk about flying cars, it's planet-bound, it's not a flying space car spaceship, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So whereas this one sounds like it's it's crossing over into that spaceship space, which uh, you know, potentially, yeah, you know. it's just a different definition. My definition is not right. I have no idea yeah. where he even got it. It's just well, if, kind you, of if you use is. that definition of, to have that, like, why isn't the TARDIS a flying car? Well, it probably is, except it can't go down. It doesn't have wheels to go on roads. I don't know. Uh, I don't have. It, <laughs> yeah, let's start calling it something different yeah. than flying car, flying vehicle, or yeah. flying well, object. Ca- <laughs> a car would mean that it would have wheels, so it could tr- you know drive on the ground, but then it could also fly if needed. Well, a spaceship, you know, wouldn't uh, you couldn't take that down the road. There, by definition, you know, they either you know they fly or they stay in space. So you know, def- uh, and this vehicle had wheels, so it could travel on the oh, road too. So okay, right. Yeah. I, th- uh, I think there's something to. I think you know there's got to be a line because if we if you take it too far, I mean you know the Enterprise becomes a flying car. It's like no 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 not really no. That's a, that's a whole different <laughs> thing. So I think the idea that it has to be able to travel on land as well as in the air is part of the definition of a flying well, car. By its own means, because the space shuttle has traveled across uh, land. True. But it's not by its own tugboat. Yeah. yeah. Right. Tugboat. Uh, <laughs> Tug, not boat. <laughs> uh, and then the last uh, car I got on the list here is the good old DeLorean from the Back to the Future uh, movies. Woohoo, that I wins. Mean, yes, and that w- was number one on the list. Flying uh, car, huh? Hmm. Well, because in the second one, I think he was outfitted it, it with uh, gravity. Yeah. And it did. It's true, it's true. I'm so stuck on the first one, I was like, huh, but yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because he—I uh, forget what it was he outfitted it with. Well, I know the the uh, uh, oh, I forget the name of the drive, but it ran Mr. on garbage. Mr. Anyway. Fusion. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Fusion. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I oh, there's another movie, uh, set of movies I need to rewatch again. But, that's uh, the next thing we can rail against. Where's our Mr. Fusions? Darn it! Cold Fusion. Everybody should have it by now. <laughs> Cold uh, Fusion. Yes, it's right around the corner. <laughs> 
Just as soon as we mine all of the H3 from the moon, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, all I know is DeLoreans need to make a comeback. It's, it's, yes. it's time. We're due. Yeah, I mean, everything else is coming back. Why not DeLoreans, right? Yep, bring it. Well, there, wasn't it their CEO got caught in a room with hookers and a suitcase full of cocaine or well, something? Well, like every other CEO. Come on. You know. <laughs> he was just dumb enough to get caught. There but. you go. <laughs> uh, well, do you guys have any that kind of leap to your mind that um, may have uh, made an impact on you guys? Well, so, I, I always like the uh, the ones from the Fifth Element because they they're like uh, Art Deco versions of cars. They're uh, they're really rounded. I like the shapes of them, and they and they're still very much like cars. Like, and they have like a chase scene where they're banging. Each, but it, the chase scene is like a chase scene in three dimensions, right? So, yeah, I thought those were very cool. Uh, my pick because it has AI, the car from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Wouldn't you just love a car that can think and like know what you need before you do it? That'd be perfect. Not just a real car, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car. Now, I, who has not seen the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? It's been a long time ago. I think I was maybe even single digits when I saw it. <laughs> well, and you can add to Chitty Chitty's um repertoire it it's also a boat it, it is a boat yeah it's a car boat and it plane. Is everything you want it to be yep. so i think everybody should have a old model t <laughs> and you have to and you have to sing the song to get it to fly oh i like that idea yeah. <laughs> i can't sing though so but hey <laughs> i know for myself the southern boy in me wants to say the general lead from dukes of hazard oh come on just because it was flying over you know bridges and but, gullies yeah but I will go ahead and say, as a kid, the magic school bus. Oh, nice! Ah, vehicle. You can take all your friends with you. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Interesting. Altruistic too. <laughs> <laughs> you can learn a lot while on that school bus. It's a. Uh, there's a lot out there. It's just. <sighs> there's one on the on the uh, topless robot list too that we haven't talked about, which is the one from um, the last Starfighter. And the uh, it, that one do, truly does fit the flying car definition because it it too was just a uh, well kind of looked like a DeLorean as well um, that it it just looked like a normal car. Uh, the Starfighter star did the the yeah when they picked him up at the uh, you know trailer park he basically just it was just a regular car and then all of a sudden boom it takes off into space basically. Okay. Um, it's not the Starfighter, but yeah. it, it is how he got from, you know, the trailer court to whatever planet it was that he got trained on. There's also the uh, car that they drove in uh, Men in Black. I liked it just because it had, didn't have an 8-track tape player. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> yep. It was an 87 Ford, right? Yeah, it was like a big old boat. It kind of oh. almost reminds you of the Ghostbuster. Yeah. Oh Lord, those things. Yeah. That's, okay. That sort of era, anyways. Yeah. Huh. Well, and then I and then I'm just thinking of Tommy Lee Jones is kind of sitting there, just kind of grooving to the music. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that that yeah, although technically that didn't fly, but that was a good uh, good science fiction car. But, um, so yeah, you know, I think we've kind of, we've, I think we've pretty much covered you know most everything. Does anybody have any final thoughts they want to throw in about? Uh, the probability of a flying car or not? Or I want to throw I mean, this out. 
If if somebody invented flying cars tomorrow, would you even want one? With the hmm. thunderstorms we have out here, <laughs> well, you probably want to hit the ground. But I, I know one. I know one of the things that would I want one. I don't I would, know. I, I mean, would I want one so I can go see all my friends. I would take that risk. I think the thing for me actually would be the cost of it. I mean, if it does come out. You well, know. I thought you say for free. If we have it for free, would you want one for free? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well who doesn't want one for free? Oh, there's some uh, people who are a little scared. Oh. So, Well, I've said it on the show before. I mean, I would take the transporter. I want to be there instantly. But if that's not going to happen, um, it might be kind of interesting to have a flying car. Because, like I say, out here we got wide open areas. And it would be kind of cool to fly around over things and see stuff. So, yeah, if someone was to give me one, I would certainly um, – I would be interested in it. I want one, but I want the only one. <laughs> oh. There you go. Yeah, that solves all my problems. Realize <laughs> that you would have to invest in a lot of guns to defend <laughs> your car from being stolen. You realize this, don't you? <laughs> oh well. Yeah, that is, must be made. Put the Gatling guns out on the wings, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you're you're really increasing my fantasy here. I'm going to have a flying car that's loaded with guns. <laughs> <laughs> why did the shutter just run up my spine? <laughs> yeah. Why am I afraid? Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I think if given the choice, I would actually prefer an autonomous car to a flying car. I would, I as much as a flying car would be a great time. I guess I've flown enough that whatever. Um, but the idea of being able to crawl into something and continue to do whatever, you know, read books, you know, record podcasts, uh, you know, watch movies, whatever it is I want to do, text um, while I'm going someplace, you know, um, that's got more appeal to me right now than a flying car does. I think I'd agree with that, yeah. Mm. Okay, and then um, how about we take a poll here uh, and just see, and I'll go around. Do you think, the first question, do you think we will have a flying car in our lifetime? Jeff? No. Julie? I think we already have them by some definitions, but no, not in what we're probably imagining. Uh, Jay? In mass production, no. Okay. Uh, Renee? And I also say no, unfortunately. Okay. Well, then the second question then would be, do you think we'll ever, and that's that's pretty wide open, I guess, but realistically, do you think we'll ever get to the point where we'll have the, I don't know, the George Jetson's uh, flying car? <sighs> Jeff? Uh, yes, but I don't think it will be in a way or in an environment that we can foresee right now. Okay, so you, something that else has got to be developed first. You think? Yeah. Okay, Julie, uh, what do you think? Uh, I never say never, um, so I can't imagine it. I'm not even sure what I can imagine is desirous, but I know better than to say never. You're always the optimist. I keep forgetting that. No, I'm always a realist. <laughs> it's not optimism. I just don't. I don't count us out of anything. I, you know. The minute you say, no, it won't happen, then by gosh, it will. Uh, Jay, you got any thoughts on this? I think it won't happen on Earth. I think it'll be on another um, another planet that we inhabit. Ooh. That's where it may happen. Ooh, hedging our bets here. That's an interesting <laughs> idea, and I like it. Because there they can – it's a new planet. 
they don't have to worry about making any roads or anything like that. Yep. They can, you know. Seriously, how much more, on a fresh planet, how much more environmentally responsible would flying cars be? And cheaper. I mean, right. Lordy, I've been, my friend out in Boulder, Colorado, Estes Park, Colorado, oh my God, the pictures he's been tweeting this week. You know, the idea that these people have to go back and rebuild those roads that got ripped up. You know, imagine if you're on another planet, a fresh planet. I mean, forget that. Roads are nothing but a pain in the butt to try and maintain. Just build flying cars. Uh, Renee, you got any thoughts on this? Actually, she just had to step away. So okay. All right. Be right back. Um, you know, I, uh, you know uh, any final thoughts before we go and wrap this up, or have we pretty much covered everything? Yeah, I, I just I did, I totally agree with what Jay was saying about the uh, uh, like in another environment, like and especially like if uh, the first place we're likely to colonize will be the moon. Well, with with a gravity that that's that is that much lower. A flying car really makes a lot of sense there, right? Even a hovercraft like my neighbor had. Would, well, hovercraft's it, not going to work on the moon because there's no atmosphere. <laughs> right, <laughs> but but something like that that essentially you know on Earth is six inches above the ground because of the lesser gravity would suddenly be starting to look like a land speeder. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, a skimmer type vehicle. It wouldn't necessarily fly, but it would be uh, above the ground a little bit. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, I I think if none of us have anything else that we want to contribute, I think maybe we'll kind of wrap this one up. And, uh, you know, this wraps up this episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk. You can check us out at scifitechtalk.com where there's some uh, uh, cool space junk available for purchase. Yeah, you keep putting this hoodie weather in uh, It it is hoodie weather. Oh, boy, (laughs) did hoodie weather hit. Yes, I wore my hoodie this weekend because of the weather. It was... Well, it's not as cold here. Definitely, as probably as there, but I but I am sensitive to cold weather. Yeah. Well, it's actually good sleeping weather. Kind of pull the covers over and uh, snuggle in and go to sleep. So, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I, sh- know, I should have one of those hoodies for tomorrow because I got a nine and a half motor nine and a half hour motorcycle ride to get back to Canada <laughs> tomorrow. It's gonna be hoodie weather. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, we got the space junk. We got hoodies. We got. Uh, therm or cups and thermoses. Uh, if you want to keep your hot, your beverages hot or cold or whatever, there's all kinds of uh, sci-fi tech uh, talk stuff there. So if you want to go get some and you know, kind of help support the podcast a little bit, that would be great. Um, so, um, well, <clears throat> so you can do that, or you can follow us on Twitter at sci-fi tech talk. If you have any ideas or comments, please send them to sci uh, fi tech talk at gmail dot com. And reviews on iTunes are always welcome. So. Um, I'll be a, a gracious host, and uh, uh, Jay and Renee, do you guys have any contact information you want to put out there? Sure. Um, you, you can find Renee and I and what we're up to um, on Mondays um, live at um, valentinecast.com. And we're also found in iTunes and Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. So. <laughs> okay. And uh, Julie, where can people find you? Well, I'm always on Twitter, it seems, uh, at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E-K-U-E-H-L. And links to my other blogs, podcasts, and whatever else I've got going on can be found at about.me slash Julie Keel. And I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman. And I have an about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And that's it for this show. And we'll see you in the future. Matter, matter. Matter, matter. Matter, matter.
is the sci-fi tech talk.